We here at Sports Best Friends want to begin each episode by acknowledging the Gadigal and Camaragal peoples, the traditional owners of the lands on which we record. We also acknowledge the traditional custodians of the various lands on which you all are listening, always was, always will be. Welcome to the NBA All-Star Edition of this podcast. Uh, our big fearless leader, Big T, has decided to uh, take the weekend off and not enjoy All-Star Weekend and send us to snowy Cleveland, where me, Cardi B, uh, arrived in my boots. Well, I'm actually in Sydney and it's raining, but it's close enough to Cleveland. And I've been joined by Backyard, uh, who is uh, ready to hit the court with us and talk a bit of NBA All-Star. How was the, uh, how was the weekend? Backyard? It was good. It was good. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I've, I've kind of blown into the podcast again, but um, it was it was a good it was a good weekend. There was kind of there's always something fun to watch on television when um, the All Star Weekend is on. So um, and and there's definitely elements where the kids can get involved as well. So um, it was great. How about you? How about yourself? Yeah, good, good. Uh, enjoyed a bit of basketball this weekend. Uh, I must say that I haven't kind of spent a whole lot of time in the last couple of years watching All-Star Weekend, but uh, I did I did take a vested interest because I knew we were going to do this podcast and I wanted to throw myself into it and see if I could find some joy because I haven't found a whole lot of joy in the last couple of years on the pod. So, so format today, we're going to talk about something. Uh, so we want to keep it kind of brief, but we want to talk about something that you love, something that you didn't love so much. You could say you hate. You want to see less of um what would you third thing what would you do if you were adam silver uh and what would you what would you add or change or i guess add we'll go with add and the final thing let's skip all star and do final prediction for the rest of the year because i know that i'm sure you want to talk about the number one defense in the nba at the moment Uh, let's kick it off. Kick it off with what you love, and uh, I'll see if I agree because we don't always love the same things. So, what did you love about the All Star Weekend? I I think that you kind of highlighted the the first point about like finding joy. Like the All Star Weekend is about joy, and I think you see it on the players' faces. Yes, they don't take it seriously as we would like them to, but you see it on the players' faces. They're having fun out there. They're having fun standing on the sidelines, watching, filming. Um, except DeMar DeRozan, who always had a bit of a weird scowl on his face during the, the Saturday stuff. It was just quite strange. Um, what did I love? Well, I mean, I love the three-point contest. I thought the three-point contest was by far the best three-point contest I've seen since the year the Steph Curry and Joe Harris had like a tie and they had to have like a tiebreaker. Um, yeah. But it was just great. They, every person who was in it was a name. Um, Patty Mills was in it as well. And so that kind of, meant that there was a kind of an Australian contingent in there, which we've never seen, um, which is fantastic. And I loved everything about it. I, I think every player that I said was going to win 
basically just went out in a, like a like a flames. Like I was pretty confident that CJ McCollum would do better than he did. Um, but and then after that, I was kind of was was pretty happy that um, that Paddy went as well as he did. I mean, he got knocked out basically in the last basket. Like Trey knocked him Ooh. out with the with the with Ooh. the last with the with the money ball at the end. So he he really he went as far as he possibly could. And then an unexpected winner in Carl Anthony Towns, um, which I mean, I can't believe he beat the the stereotypical white guy in Canard. Um, but it was awesome. And he again, joy, right? Joy being the operative word. Carl Anthony Towns was really excited about winning the three-point contest. So um, you can say whatever you want about him. I'm not his I'm not his biggest fan, but like I just loved how joyful he was about the whole thing. And he's had a bit of a bad run, like a bad, bad a streak of bad luck in the last couple of years. Um, so it was good to see the joy in his face. But I mean, how did you feel about three-point contest? So I'm gonna throw some more questions at you based on what you just said. Um sure. Is Cat that excited because it's the only trophy he'll ever win? <laughs> yeah, doesn't know how to win, so he was shocked. <laughs> it, is yep. he? Is he? Is he the best big man shooter we've ever seen? Because that's what he claims to be. I, I I feel like Dirk Nowitzki is like just really really offended in his rolling if he's grave right now. Ro- he's ro- like rolling in his grave if he was in a grave, but he's not. He yeah, was there. I think I think Dirk is the best shoot big man shooter we've ever had so uh, i mean Fair. that's fine that's that was the first one that came to my mind so so no he's not uh is luke canard a big enough name to be on that stage or should he be not invited to all-star weekend that's it after that he had one chance he, he can never come back but he would have I mean, won 28 points in the first round right he would have actually killed them in the first round but everyone was saving their best their best stuff so uh, well that's the other thing as well i think um, and we can talk about the, the dunk comp and, and, and in comparison. No. But there's, <laughs> there's a level of, um, I guess, it, it's kind of, it really is like a luck of the moment. Like if you miss those two green balls, the Mountain Dew balls, you, you can't win. You couldn't yep. win. And, and Cat hit both of those. And so I, I like that. I like that in terms of being in the game. Sometimes you have to make that shot. You know, sometimes there's an off balance shot that you hit um they hit and you're like wow they really shouldn't have got that and and that's the difference between winning and losing so I, that's what i liked about it in in the end of the day in, in terms of your question about luke and i i mean maybe <laughs> i mean again he, he plays for the clippers so he, he's in a similar situation the cat is just like well what does winning actually mean so well um yeah i think the the only the only question really is could trey be more of a villain if he tried the knocking Patty out, all, all I kept thinking was villain Trey. Like he's he's the ultimate villain in it's, every game. So that was the perfect ending to uh, to that for him. It's excellent. I mean, he's like a wrestling heel, right? You just kind of yep. you hate him, um, but he keeps winning. He he's like he's the Sean Sean Brad. He's the um he's the heartbreak kid of of like the NBA right now. He just keeps winning. You hate him, but you love the showmanship. And I, I want more of it. I loved it. I loved how annoyed he was when he lost. He was he was PO'd. Like, he was really, really annoyed. I love that. I love that everything about it. Now, do I love that when he's on the basketball court playing against my team? Not at all. No. I think it's quite frustrating. Um, but, I mean, he couldn't, he couldn't hit anything. He couldn't hit anything. Even from some of his spots, like that kind of, I guess, about like a foot back from the, from the actual three-point line, he couldn't hit it. He was just bricking it out. So, 
yeah. again. All right. So um, three three point contest a winner. Uh, what else? Yeah. What else did you love? Uh, I love the, the Rising Stars format, um, the games themselves, the fact that you got to see some awesome combinations, um, Cade and Mobley together. Um, yeah, and I, I mean, the I really thought Team Isaiah would win from the get go. I was like, "There's nobody beating this team." Like Halliburton, um, they they had a like Anthony Edwards, like they had a really really good like team. But then I guess it kind of they kind of won it on a free throw, and mm. um, at the end of the day, but I really liked the format. I liked um, I haven't watched much Cade uh, as I would like to, but he's such a cool customer man like he's just he's the coolest coolest customer out there and i just i dig it i mean he's in total contrast to like you know anthony edwards who is fired up ready to go um you know beast mode uh cage is really cool he can kind of sink these shots and having him watched him a couple of nights before when detroit played the celtics i was like oh yeah you can see why they really really like this guy and and the potential that he has um, I thought Giddy was really good as well in, in his space. Yeah. And so um, everything about the Rising Stars, the format, the way they did it, it's just a winner for me. And I, I watched every single game uh, bar like the last five minutes of one. So did you, did you enjoy it? I did. Uh, yeah. I was even going to say probably more so than the All-Star game itself, just because oh. the same points that you made, I watch guys that I haven't watched. I love watching some of those G League players who yeah. we were texting at the time who are, excited to be there they get this opportunity it puts a really great spotlight on the g league it's like you know you can come to the nbl and you can play for like lamello did and play in the nbl or you can go and potentially play in the g league and be able to like participate with other nba stars so i thought that was great and then like writing writing up um notes for today i was like you know one of the one of my highlights was kate in the rising stars and he hit that go ahead three um i i love that uh the only thing i would say is let's not let's not make um free throws uh they should be just out of bounds right like there's no no free throws in that game like you know yeah, take the ball yeah. out on the side or something but um other than that i thought i totally agree we, we were in agreement that um that was a that was a great one um yeah or, what or else? at least with free throws make them um you can't win the game by a free throw yeah like yeah. i think that because there was two games that were won that way yeah, right. which was yeah. like you have to fail um, and I guess onto your point as well, like Jay Sean Tate, who played for the Kings, um, played for the Rockets. He was awesome in that game. Like he, he hustled. He had this amazing kind of, like he was taking it to the rack and he got pummeled and he got the N1 and he was, he was there to play, right? And I mean, you got to love that. That's why these games are the best because the young guys, they, they're there to play. Um, they get into it. You know, it, it felt a little bit like pickup rules, like first to 25, so yeah, I, I I think on that point that you made about Lamelo with with Jay Sean Tate, that was the first person I saw that I was like, yep, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, all right. Give me one more thing you loved. Uh, look, I, I we could talk about Steph. Um, I mean, Steph's on. Well, I don't want to talk about Steph. I mean, Steph was on ABC News this morning, so that tells you that that's a pretty big thing what he did in a basketball game. Um, I, I want to talk about some of the combos that we saw in the all-star game were awesome. Um, uh, I loved Embiid and Tatum playing together. Gave me, like, it gave me, it just sent fear through me because they could have had that. They could have had Embiid, Tatum, Ben Simmons, 
in one team, imagine how large Philly would have been if they just didn't, they just went a different route and they didn't yeah. look at it. Um, so that scared me. I loved, um, I like Tatum and Booker. I thought that that was an awesome combo. Like that. But I guess that's what I like about the All-Star game really is that you get some combinations that you're like, oh, well, I wonder what that looks like. Um, but I also noticed a lot in watching again that every time uh, Giannis had the ball uh, or was taken into the paint, Embiid was in front of him mm. and he was like, there was definitely a battle there. And I, I kind of dig that a little bit. Like there's a little bit of, and, and Embiid is like a throwback to the sort of nineties players that we liked, right? Like kind of determined to play for his city, um, hustles hard, you know, gives everything that he can energetically. Um, and so I like that one, like thinking about that in terms of Giannis and Embiid coming and clashing together and then looking at the talent pool of these two teams, it's like, it's a really is a throwback to the kind of Jordan era of how much talent there is in the league. Um, and, and then Steph goes off for 16 threes and 50 points in an MVP all-star game. And you're like, wow, we're, we're so lucky to be witnessing this NBA greatness um, that it's branching outside of the NBA into, you know, local, our sort of national media. Like that's amazing. Crazy. So. Yeah, yeah. The, the, uh, if, if um, team Durant wins and Embiid for me was the, the MVP, he was amazing. Yeah. And watching yeah. him and LaMelo, you talk about those combos, him and LaMelo together, that was just pretty awesome. I must admit, like yeah, just the yeah. way that they play, but yeah, um, I mean, you, you can't go past Curry. And, and we are truly, truly blessed for the amount of talent that we have in the league to watch at the moment because it, it, it literally was. It didn't matter who was there. Uh, that was amazing. Steph and he's like, it was like old school NBA jam. He's on fire because that was just ridiculous. Like he just turned around. Yeah. <laughs> there was a couple of ones where he just turned Three around. Times. He just didn't even look. He knew it was going in. And it was like, for, I saw the stats, like um, seven of his threes. Uh, so two were from 36 feet five were from 30 to 33 feet away from the basket and then three as you say he didn't even look to see if it went in because he already knew it went in so that was that was pretty amazing uh i can't i can't really fold that so look um we we're kind of in agreement. uh i the other two that i quickly had on there were one i thought the nba did a good job of celebrating the 75 uh 75th anniversary that was pretty cool there's a lot of cool instagram content um lucas lucas actually was really cool where he had like jordan and magic come up to him and um that was pretty cool to see if you haven't seen that check that out and i thought um good to see the Cavs win the skills challenge like in their hometown but i mean i'm i'm pretty high on mobile as well so i'm no expert I just love the game. But more than that, I love the community. If you're a fan of Rugby League or the NRL, you'll love Big T's Tees. Unique, affordable and made for fans. Find a link to the online store in the show notes below. You'd look good in one of Big T's Tees. So we talked a lot about what we love. Um, So let's talk about what we could, I won't say hated, but let's, talk about what we might want to see less of in the future if anything because we've talked a lot about the love what do you yeah, what do so, you think? oh sorry no go go ahead uh, um so i you know i'm i'm a solutions based guy so i don't want to come with problems without having solutions so that's why that third question will lead into some of these points but um you know i 
I want to see less of the dunk comp. Um, I, I mean, is All that- right, well, let's, com let's combine them. Let's do that. Let's combine our, yeah, what okay. do we want so, to see less of? And yeah, if you were Adam, yeah. what would you do differently? Yeah, so that, that's great because uh, the dunk comp, okay. So um, I watched the dunk comp uh, after the fact. Uh, you know, there's some great dunks in there. I mean, there's no jumping over cars and stuff like that, which I also think is quite ridiculous. Um, you can feel however you want about the dunk comp, but um, with, you know, no big names, it, it doesn't really mean anything. So um, I, I really thought, so there was a play in the All-Star game where Lamelo threw an alley-oop to DeJounte Murray where he fed it through his legs, legs. popped it up in the air, and, and DeJounte Murray just, he slams it, and then he, he's so high he can touch the backboard as he's coming down. Um, and I was like, hey, you know what? If we had a alley-oop contest rather mm. than the dunk contest nba jam style so you get say people from similar teams like lamello and and bridges for example and and to an extra little kind of um i guess a, a little wrinkle in that is you make it horse so you make it a, like a horse-based kind of alley-oop contest where you have to basically try to replicate the, the dunk exactly and the judges score you on how well you replicated it and then people walk away with letters. And so if you think about some of the partnerships that you could get um, just in the teams like, you know, CP3 and Aiton, I think there'd be less focus on like the gym aerial kind of gymnastics of the dunk and more like precision to that, like that lob. And I just think it would be so much more fun. Um, I just think I, all I keep thinking when you're talking about this though is um, uh, Jokic. Uh, so, you know... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It feels like a special to participate in dunk contest. Just stand yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Or Bobon. Yeah, yeah. Or Bob Bob. It just feel like you just stand there and dunk it and be like, okay, well, we can't do that. But I think, and you know, you mentioned NBA Jam before, and I was like, yeah, that's what I want. I want like Stockton, Stockton, Carl Malone type assists, like lobs. Um, and but then I want other teams to try to replicate it. And I think that's a way to that's eliminate cool. the <clears throat> that's a way to eliminate the kind of the weird kind of showmanship that comes with it, but make it a competition, right? Like make yeah. it really hard to, to do that. And someone like Lamelo, who was doing that in that game, like he was doing awesome. it in game. Um, but, you know, you, you even imagine like, um, you know, Embiid did like a tomahawk dunk in, in the All-Star game, which was frightening. But I was like, man, you know, who, who's going to be able to replicate that? So um, I think it sucks that there's no, there's no famous people in there. Um, mm. it, like there's no let's say there's no Vince Carter 50. yeah there's yeah there's no, no yeah. there's no elite players in there anymore and I mean even if you look at last year's one I mean one of the guys was from the G League which is not a bad thing but it kind of tells you that they're digging the bottom of the barrel to get people to go into this thing so it definitely needs a, a makeover similar to the way the three-point contest did you know you have the the whole money ball rack now you have the Mountain Dew balls um, that's them creating an element of it that's actually appealing to people who want to shoot threes like Steph, right? So yeah, getting um, the getting the quality I think that the is the, is the big thing as well, right? Like you you had the best players in the dunk contests, Jordan and Wilkins, and they went off against each other back in the day and the three-point competition mm. now is that the the best players except for Luke Kennard were there. Um, <laughs> but they were the you know best three-point shooters in the in the game at the moment. Um, there was one I wanted I want I saw this and I thought this was a really cool idea, but it's and it kind of falls in line with you. It was the dunk on me competition. So yes. you have a guy 
what like a Rudy Gobert goes up against like a uh, I don't know an Embiid right and and we see who can like who dunks and who blocks like that would be a cool idea right yeah and and I saw a, a quote from Anthony Edwards who's like I don't want to be in the dunk contest I want to dunk on people yeah so, perfect and as soon as you said that I, that I thought of that quote and I'm like yeah that's awesome like let's 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 have the posterized competition like who can get who can who can be so who can be in it who can be posterized <laughs> yeah make marvelous. you famous make you famous yeah. man Fred Weiss like that guy <laughs> uh, for the Olympics but um yeah that's a cool one uh yeah. what else you got any others got anything else um like, I guess the other thing was like, it's the all-star game is a training run, right? Like they, nobody wants to get hurt. Mm. Um, nobody wants to play defense, which creates this kind of like real sort of, I don't know, just this kind of laissez-faire style of basketball, um, which is fun. And we, again, we want to focus on the joy. And so the, the joy means that kids love it. And they, I mean, everybody loves that Steph anecdote of him turning and mm-hmm. asking the person in front of the in front of him did the ball go in like i just think that that's amazing right but also if you want to watch a game of basketball then i don't know so i mean do they use the rising stars format to say like well this is what we want to do we won't have team lebron team kd we'll have four different teams you'll play like a round robin um or even what if you play three on three half court um, you know, and, and create a little bit more of an atmosphere around that. Um, I mean, they've, they've definitely changed the element of it. And I love that there's like each quarter, they yep. donate $100,000. The winner donates to 100 of the charity of their choice. And then obviously there's a, a total scoring for the fourth quarter. And um, I just, I think, yeah, it, it, as much as I want to see less of that, I understand why they're doing it. But I would like to see more of like, okay, how do we get basketball, you know, first to 20, first to 21, you play really hard and you actually, it actually means something to win the all-star game. It just doesn't, it's, you know what I mean? I think like you raise a good point. The, I think there was $750,000 raised from the game. Like, great, like amazing that they can kind of raise that kind of money, which is awesome. Uh, yep. How they get the players to compete so that that last, I'm going to say three or four minutes of the game was awesome. Like I was yeah. watching that glued to see actually mostly to see who was going to take the last shot. Because sure. there was yeah. a point, there was a point where Steph went for a three to put him at four. I think he was at 48 and he and he went for a three and it would have put him over 50. And and like there was that kind of stuff. There was a oh yeah. I have to have to mention this. There was a shot that Steph hit this like teardrop off the baseline to get his yeah. 50. That was ridiculous. Like you watch that again, the arc on that is just so crazy. That was that was a side note, but that was amazing. Um, so I think that that last, if they could replicate that last two or three minutes, I don't know how they do it, but I think something like what you're talking about, where it's a two on two or a three on three or something where it, like there's pride on the line. I think at the end, they all do want the MVP trophy because, you know, especially this year with the dedication with Kobe uh, and there was obviously that, um, that, that element of it, but in terms of uh, excitement, that last couple of minutes was really cool. And especially when you, I think for me, it's the first time I've seen like a Suns player out there. So that was kind of exciting as well that Booker actually got to play in that. I was like, just hit a shot, man. They're not going to invite you back next year. Just hit a shot. So... (laughs) Um, he, did, yeah. he did hit a he did hit a, hit a sweet three actually, yeah, but, I mean, and, a, and a dunk as well. So like, yeah, you know, yeah, put him in the yeah. game. 
put him in, put yeah. him in, coach. Um, <laughs> I know, but I think that there's also there's also a lot more meaning in the game now, which is good, and I think you see that from like Levine playing. He's injured, obviously. He's having like you know injection plasma injections in his knee to get himself yeah. right, and then obviously CP hurting his hand out for six to eight weeks, but then plays in the All Star game, which as a Suns fan, I'm a bit like, what are you doing? But obviously, you can't make it any worse. Um, by being yeah. there so they they do care enough whereas before it would have been just like oh the players are sitting out and they're injured and whatever so yeah i think that yeah. part is that part is that part is great seconds Bryant for the win I, I wanted one take from you because i know how much you love lebron but lebron now five and oh in this format and he hits the winning, and he hits the winning shot in cleveland so give me your take on that yeah, so that was my last point for like less of. Um, <laughs> I, I predicted but, it. <laughs> uh, Kim, like everything has to be about LeBron, right? Like Steph scores 50 points in an all-star game and yet LeBron, it's all about LeBron's like contested two, which he probably shouldn't have hit. In it was front a of, ridiculous you know, shot. It was a yeah, ridiculous like, shot. It was a crazy shot. And I mean, and you got to love that there was defense there for that. And someone came in for the double team as well. Double I don't know team. who it was. I know. Yeah. And I was like, okay, like, and and then suddenly this the story, the narrative is about LeBron. Right? Coming like back it's to all Cleveland. about LeBron. Yeah. And so that was my kind of takeaway. It is like, well, um, is is this LeBron's campaign, so to speak? Is this like the the breadcrumb to like, okay, I'm, I'm gonna come back and finish. I'm going, to, I'm going to finish my career in Cleveland. Like, that's what I thought after it because LeBron is always about the story, right? Yeah. Everything about him since he was 16 has been about the story of LeBron James. And I know that there's definitely some talking about him wanting to play with Bronny, but I don't know, like, what that even looks like. I feel like the Cleveland... The, the, the bookend to this story of LeBron is him finishing where it all sort of started. Um, with, and I mean, is it fitting now that Cleveland actually have a team that are like reasonable in the East without him and he'll just come in and maybe gut them? I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's not uncalled for, but um, I, I, I was disappointed that the storyline was about LeBron and not about Steph Curry, who is really, really great and who little kids see yeah. and say, that guy, that guy seems like a smaller guy. He seems like a really, really happy guy. Um, you know, he's not passive aggressive. He's not, he, it's not about the story. He's, he's kind of the perfect candidate for NBA role models. And then you have LeBron and I mean, look, I, you know, it's no secret that I don't, I don't really like LeBron. I mean, how would you feel if your team got beaten by the same player for like, you know, 10 years, you wouldn't like him. Like you'd be like, this is the worst. Um, but I also just feel like um, it was just, it was a bit, it was a bit frustrating, I guess, at the end of the day. So, I mean, you probably don't care about us, LeBron, as much as I do. So, I don't know. What did you think about that? I, I look, I, I, I was watching it, cheering for the other team, uh, <laughs> which I, I say in the past I haven't felt because I feel like LeBron lacks a little bit of humbleness, and he doesn't need to be the way he is. And and I've and I've said this before. I think one of the the story is always, you know, what is what is LeBron going to do? I there was something that came to mind today, which was that LeBron's never won six man of the year, right? So that would be a trophy that he would like. So if he goes to Cleveland and he comes off the bench as the six man of the year, wow, like leaves the Lakers in the lurch, which is, you know, he's done that to teams before. 
Um, yeah. So that could be this. That could be the next narrative. We'll we'll see how well that ages. But um, six man of the year, LeBron. On Miller, McKee gets it in the middle for the win. Final prediction of uh, the night. So, uh, give me your prediction for the rest of the year. This this is this is broad as you want it to be. You can give it in in stages, whatever you want. Uh, what's your prediction for the for the rest of the season? I will say rather than the year. <laughs> um, well, I, I'm sticking with my it, Phoenix Milwaukee the rematch um, happening in the finals. I still think that that's happening. Like Chris Paul aside, if anything, they've just the Suns have done everything they can to give Chris Paul a nice little break now to to heal and be ready for the playoffs. Um, you probably think a bit differently, but they've been so great that it's okay for them to be a little bit bad now and. I just don't think that that's going to happen. I think they're still going to crush a whole bunch of teams um, in the lead up to the playoffs because they're a really, really good basketball team and there is some really, really bad basketball teams in the West. So I just think that that's... Um, I think the Suns are a given for the finals. Uh, I think Milwaukee will get there just because... Um, and, I mean, we mentioned this the other day, what Milwaukee looked like, but... There's no reason that they shouldn't. They look almost identical to what they did last year. Um, I think that they've been playing at a pace that suits them more for the playoffs. And I think Giannis turned it on so hard in that finals last year. It was frightening for the majority of people in the East. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, DeAndre Ayton still has, <clears throat> has scars from we some didn't of the get, stuff. He didn't that get he his contract doing. extension because of it. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. so it cost me $150 yeah. million, man. <laughs> It's the Giannis clause. Um, and so I think, um, yeah, so I, I think it's, I'm still, we're still looking at a, a Suns-Milwaukee um, finals. Um, I think it's probably going to be really hard for Milwaukee though. I think, I think the teams in the East, uh, some of them are stacked in the right kind of way. Like even Toronto's making a run right now. Um, the Heat, I think at, at some point, the Heat will come together in a way that the majority of the world will dislike. Um, and I think that, that they're going to be really hard to run through. I mean, Boston's having a really good time right now, but Smart's out for a little bit. Um, you know, I, I mean, number one defense is, is great, um, and I think probably sustainable, but then the rest of it relies on two guys who don't really know how to play together, playing together, you know, in a way that's offensively impressive for the rest of the league. So I think Boston will have a good run. Um, but again, I still think Milwaukee will come out on top. I have no earthly idea what will happen with Brooklyn. Um, it, mm. it, it could be, I know this is a majority of Brooklyn podcasts, but it could be a nightmare or it could be amazing and restrictions could come up and we could see this new lineup of death from Brooklyn that will destroy everybody. But I think the safest bet is Milwaukee. Um, I mean, do you agree with that? I know you're not a big fan of Milwaukee, but... I, uh, so I, I don't know about the East. I think, uh, again, I don't know how well Harden fits in in Philly. Watched that Philly Milwaukee game the other day. The end of that game was amazing. Uh, I don't know mm. if you caught it, but like Embiid and, and Giannis going at each other. Um, mm. I felt like Milwaukee had a better supporting cast, but I, I think the biggest thing for me is like to your point, they, they have much of the same team, um, Milwaukee, but they don't, 
they swapped Serge Barker for PJ Tucker, basically. And um, I just don't know how much you can rely on Serge. He looks a bit lost. In, and he's done this mm. before. He looks a little bit lost in the regular season. He gets lost on defence. He's lazy, like all those things. So um, I still think if I'm a betting man, I, I'm backing Milwaukee um, with the Brooklyn speculator, if I can get the right odds, because who knows how the hell that's going to turn out. And, and I've said this before, but if KD can turn... Ben Simmons and Kyrie into championship players on that team, man. That's that's his legacy right there because they are both just off this planet. Um, <laughs> I love, uh, of course, I love your Phoenix prediction. Um, I'm worried, but um, the stat I saw was that Phoenix can go 500 for the rest of the year. So if we go 12 and 12, and with a six and a half game lead, what um, Golden State would have to go 19 and four to catch us. Um, so I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about that number one seed. Uh, again, this may not age well. And I actually really like the holiday pickup now. Uh, yeah. So um, Shamit coming back and Payne coming back uh, after the All-Star break, great. But I also really like the way that Holiday fits into that system where he's not selfish. Uh, he knows he's not the best player on the court. And maybe we see a bit of Booker point Booker, which we haven't seen since he's like, you know, trying to drop 70 points, but um, I think he's a smarter player than he was there. So yeah, look, I like your prediction. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to close though with um, MVP has changed from Durant's lock, uh, Curry's lock. <laughs> uh, I don't even know who the lock is now, but they're saying it's like one of Giannis. Yo, MVP, yeah, yeah. 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 So um, who, who is your bet for MVP um, at the end of the year? Um, and can Devin Booker win it? No, just ignore that second part. <laughs> Give me no. your pick. Devin Booker. Uh, w- one thing that we need to say is that the MVP is always in- indicative of those teams that are heavily focused on one player, yep. um, especially the last couple of years. Like Milwaukee never had the Chris Middleton, the Drew Holidays that we know when he was winning. Same with that Rockets team. Same with the Thunder team. So... Team, teams like Phoenix, who are actually a team, it's not really even no, in their radar to, to look for MVP. So I think that's one thing that we should say is like, it's it's not, Devin Booker not being the MVP doesn't actually indicate how good or bad he is. It just shows you how great Phoenix are. Yep. Um, but also, look, I think, you know, you, you can't bet on Embiid being the MVP because he can't stay on the floor. Like, it's it's like AD, you know? A couple yep. of years ago, I was like, Anthony Davis is going to be MVP and he played like 27 games. So I feel like Embiid's the same way. Um, so I, I, I hesitate to do that. And I think there's probably going to be some teething problems with him and Harden. So, uh, you know, I'd probably say it's... it's I, if I had to say, I would say Steph, just because I like the narrative of um, him just basically carrying this team for the last couple of years and then them finally getting to a point where they're actually kind of legitimate again with a host of like nobody knows who they are at any one point. Steph. You know what I mean? All right. Well, so, look up Wiggins, all-star Wiggins. I, did he actually <laughs> even play in the game? I don't even think I heard his name called. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> That's like a classic Wiggins story, isn't it? Like, Was he there? Did he play? He was, he was definitely there. He was there to get jumped over, like Juan Toscano Anderson jumped over him to, to do one of his dunks. So we're like, oh, Andrew control. Wiggins is definitely here, but he's he's definitely the curse of like the Tobias Harris sometimes. You're like, oh yeah, shit, he's on the court. Oh yeah, he's got 30. <laughs> I didn't even know he was on the court. Uh, all right, so Steph, Steph. Yeah. Um, 
I, I'm gonna gonna put it on record that I think Jokic goes back to back, and I say yeah. that because he has the shittest supporting cast I've ever seen. So bad. Um, <laughs> like Capazzo and Gordon and Will Barton are your starting uh, backcourt. Um, it, it's don't, it's. Don't oh, think I think Austin Jeff Green. I, no, I think Austin Rivers and Jeff Green. Austin Jeff Green's Rivers. still playing. Um, so good. Like you have to look at what he does and. And just yeah. like marvel at it. Uh, He's awesome. It, he is. I like. I I get bored watching them. Um. But as a pure basketball talent, he's amazing. And the fact that he's carrying that team. So that they're only one game difference between Philly in terms of records. And we talk a lot about Philly. Um, Philly so yeah. I think it's pretty amazing. So if Jokic maybe doesn't get it because the media doesn't like giving back to backs, but we know that it's yes. happened before. Um, yep. I, I, I'd be rooting for Steph, but if Steph wins it, that means they probably go 19 and four and take my top seed. So I'm biased and say no. Um, so we're going to go, well, you're going to go Steph. I'm going to go Jokic and we'll, um, we'll see where we end up. So. Jordan, open, Chicago with the lead. Great to chat with you. Uh, we'll uh, do this a bit more regularly and uh, keep the format, keep the format clean, but uh, thanks for your time tonight. And um, we'll talk to you soon. Sports Best Friends is hosted by me, Big T, and co-hosted by Ben Charlton. Music by Love Drunk Hearts, edited by Big T. We are brought to you by Cards from the Bench, and we are part of the Brooklyn Netcast Media family.